Welcome everybody to another episode of Sessions with Flow. I am your host. Once again, another topic that is really interesting to me because I did not know this until recently, uh, doing some research and listening to some historians speak on this really wowed me, right? So it has to do with the República de Indios or Repúblicas de Indios. So what is that, right? So during the colonial era, Native Americans, indigenous peoples in Spanish America actually had land. They had their own communities. They lived separately from the Spanish people. And it makes sense, right? It really does make sense because Spanish folks probably did not want to integrate with them unless they had to, right? So I did not know this, that this existed. So I will inform you. On the stuff that I learned recently, again, I will put the sources so you can read them. So without further ado, let's get into this. Immediately following the conquest, conquistadores were made encomenderos of indigenous villages. And these encomiendas were supposed to evangelize and protect the native population. But instead, they were exploited and overworked by the conquistadores which resulted in mass decline of native population. However, in 1542, the new laws of the Indies were passed, and they did the following. Abolish native slavery. They ended the encomienda system after the encomenderos died, and natives would become vassals of the Spanish crown. Natives would owe the king tribute in the form of goods, but not in labor. So obviously, many Spaniards resented this, and defenders like Bartolome de las Casas did what he could to ensure that natives were protected. Even so, some encomiendas survived until the 18th century, when they were officially abolished. So... What this did is gave birth to these República de Indios. By the 1570s, most encomiendas had been done away with, and the native communities maintained some level of sovereignty, while still remaining subjects to the Spanish crown. Debates about the humanity of natives was not settled until the Vatican acknowledged their humanity. Of course, this led to these special status for natives who were given the status of minors who needed to be acculturated into Hispanic culture. Non-natives were prohibited from staying in indigenous towns for more than three days. This included Spaniards and people from Las Castas. And these towns consisted of a church and a priest who managed doctrinal education. They also included indigenous town councils, especially in small villages where contact with Spaniards was very minimal. So areas like Yucatan, where there was a lot of jungle, or just very remote villages, you will see this a lot. And of course, land was communal and cannot be sold privately, especially to non-natives. Of course, there are a few cases of native nobles selling common land to the Spanish, and this, you know, would shock 
the native population that was not part of the noble class. Lands were granted and recognized by the Spanish crown. And this is huge, right? People don't know that. A lot of people don't know that. In the uh, 1590s, uh, the Spanish crown created the general Indian court where natives could take legal action over ownership of land grants. Huge. So for this reason, a lot of indigenous people who lived in these towns refused to join the independence movement of 1810. They had a lot of privileges to some extent. Obviously, they were still well-conquered people, but because they were able to keep some of their traditions and they were able to, uh, if there was some kind of conflict, they could go to the courts and complain, right? Especially when it came to land. So when the independence movement rolled around, they didn't feel the need to fight for this because... They were still living in the ways that they lived for hundreds of years. Those natives who did join, however, were those who had lived in Spanish towns. All right. So native republics could exist as long as they paid tribute in the form of goods and accepted Christianity. Again, although some places uh, continued to practice their native beliefs and languages. If they were very remote towns, just far away from Spanish villages and towns, they could get away with that because who was going to check them, right? So if you have family from these uh, Indian republics or Republicas Indios, you probably have some of these traditions that you know you have kept for all these years. And ironically, the decline would come right after the independence movement. Although the majority of the native population of Spanish America lived in these Republicas de Indios, some ventured off to neighboring Spanish towns. And it was here where these towns were a little more racially diverse, but Spaniards held major positions of power. So the caste system, as I talked about in the past many, many times, this is where it was practiced. It was not practiced in these Indias or Republicas de Indios. Um, of course, so when natives would migrate to these towns, they would be at the bottom of the totem pole because a lot of these folks barely knew Spanish. Even Christianity was something that they were still uh, adapting to, so they had to work their way up if they ever could, right? Migrating to a Spanish town almost always meant acculturating and embracing Hispanic values and language and religion, like I said. So if you left these uh, Republicas de Indios, most of the time you were going to assimilate, kind of like immigrants do today. They leave their country and they go to a different country and they embrace, or they, if, even if they don't embrace it, they assimilate or acculturate to some extent, right? So again, after the independence movement, uh, the liberal policies slowly disintegrated Las Repúblicas de Indios. How? Well, first, the eradication of the caste system, right, ironically, did away with that. Because the main purpose was to make everyone equal under the law and integrate natives into Mexican society. And after the Mexican-American War... La Reforma from 1854 to 1876. It aimed at, uh, again, disintegrating communal lands, 
owned by the church, and we all, most of us know that, right? And they were supposed to help the peasant population of Mexico. However, this only worsened the situation for natives, especially those who had communal land dating back to the colonial era. So think about that. You're a native, you live in this Republica de Indio, you've been there for God knows how long, and then and during this time period, you're being told that your land needs to be sold off because it's not private land, it's communal land. The Porfiriato was the lethal blow which ultimately eradicated the native republics. About 95% of villages lost their land in this process. And this was done in an attempt to modernize the country, right? So Diaz transferred the communal lands to foreign investors and Criollo Hacienda owners. So that was it. That was the lethal blow that really took these people out of these communities that dated back to the colonial era, dated back to the Repúblicas de Indios. So when he did that, a lot of these native folks had nowhere to go but to the cities and they had to reinvent themselves, right? So think about that. If you're a native person living in this time, it's not that long ago, right? You could have great-grandparents who existed during this time and still had these strong native traditions and values, right? But they lost them because, again, this happened right in the middle of the beginning of the independence movement or, sorry, the uh, when Mexico became independent and they tried to, you know, Go about their way, I guess, right? So how did Native people respond, respond to this? Because there is this belief that Native folks are very passive and never really respond, especially in Mexico. You hear the word Indio, usually it's derogatory. It's not said in a way that's positive. So these indigenous communities who had been affected by the loss revolted on numerous occasions, right? The first time you saw this was in the Yaqui Wars, dating back all the way to 1533, and they lasted all the way up, up until 1929. So it surpassed the independence movement. It surpassed the revolution as well, right? And then you had the caste war of Yucatan from 1847 to 1901. And if you don't know too much about this, essentially what ended up happening there is that the native population of Yucatan revolted against the uh, criollo and mestizo populations. And for a while, they were their own country, their own uh, you know, they had their own government for a while. At least they tried to. But they separated themselves from Mexico around the same time that the Mexican-American War was happening. And, of course, you got the Mexican Revolution where a lot of people, mainly peasants, fought against the government for 10 years. And a lot of these folks were indigenous people, obviously, because, again, the Porfiriato did away with these communities, these Repúblicas de Indios. And of course, the present time, we have the EZLN movement from 1994 to present time. And these individuals are actually claiming a lot of these land grants that were lost during the independence movement, during the attempt to modernize Mexico, right? The Indian republics existed before Mexico was even a country, obviously after the colonial period, but ironically, after Mexico became a country the native population lost a lot of land and lost more of their traditions and values and culture. So that concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a lot today. To me, again, this is one of the greatest things I've learned 
and the recent present, if you want to call it that, uh, did not know that Native peoples, again, had their own communities during the colonial period. I always thought that they were oppressed by the Spanish, that they took all their lands and enslaved everybody off the bat, and it just continued that. But no, that wasn't the case. Native peoples had land during the colonial era. They continued to have land up until the independence movement, and ironically, they lost this land after Mexico became a country, right? It, was, it just blew my mind that to know that this happened. And it makes sense because, like I said, there's people today who still practice these native traditions, these, they have these native values, because, you know, you can have a great-grandparent who was fully indigenous or mainly indigenous or had these native practices. But to know that during the Spanish colonial era, they had more rights than they had today in Mexico, because today in Mexico, they still continue to lose their land, right? It just blows my mind that we pay so much attention to these Spaniards who colonized and conquered the native peoples, but we never really criticize the Mexican government for what they do to native populations today, right? And the languages are being lost every single day because of this, because of this incorporation of this integration into Mexican society, ironically, right? Even though Spanish towns and native villages lived separately, the only positive thing about that was that native people were able to keep again their traditions. So now I know this is flow to the next one. Peace out.